0: lacking, lovely people episode one here we go the podcast I still don't have a name for this bad boy so that'll come but yeah I'm really interviewing interested in interviewing some of my friends and, and people that I really like to follow in terms of the fitness and nutrition and wellness space and all that jazz but this first episode is with Joe and Joe runs a company called motion nutrition so they're a food product based company i want to get that right because i said supplement company a ton of times in the podcast and he came out with some interesting stuff about how obviously he uses real food products in his i want to say again supplements but food products company so yeah it was really cool we talked a little bit about saunas we talked about our nootropics and things for energy in terms of where he thinks supplementation is going to go in the future we talked about protein We talked a little bit about sweeteners and sucralose and things like that again, so definitely check this guy out, check his company out, motionnutrition.com, I hope that's it anyway, I'll probably put it in the show notes once I learn how to do that, but anyway, enjoy the episode, really looking forward to bringing you guys loads of chat on all this and uh, yeah, get around it lovely people. Right lovely people are in, I think we're working, okay happy days, right so we're going to continue to explore talking about oh, saunas, using saunas, saunas for training, saunas for relaxation, it was a topic that we were chatting about before we pressed record and I thought, well, how can we make this podcast easy and get it started with a little bit of a flow, so we're just going to carry on chatting and all I've done is just press star, so we've got Joe here, mate, how's it going?
1: It's going good, I just wish we had a sauna right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> do you want me to hold it or you, do you want to hold it?
1: Um, Up to you, that's fine for me, but it make it tiring. Okay, alright, I'll hand it over to you. All right, so yeah, we were just talking about. Uh, well, you, you said you you started enjoying sauna quite a lot, right? Is that good?
0: Yeah. yeah
1: we're cool. Okay. And uh, yeah, it just brought me back to my days when I was swimming, and uh, I used to love the sauna for training. But tell me about what is uh, how how you got into it and what it, how it's changed your training.
0: Mate, I absolutely love it. So basically, oh, simple simple kind of thing would be I started training in a gym in the winter in Nuffield and they have a a sauna because I I tend to do a lot more weights and and, and kind of indoor training obviously because the weather's rubbish and I don't necessarily want to run so I run kind of more in the summer. And and yeah, after listening to another podcast which I absolutely love, a guy called Joe Rogan. So, if anyone listening to this hasn't heard about this absolute maniac who does this podcast, get on that. And he interviewed a, a chick called Dr. Rhonda Patrick, and she was just spouting off all this stuff about saunas and using saunas and how they're fantastic for recovery, for training, and you know we can delve into the the, the things that kind of make it good and talking about heat shock proteins and all this kind of like you know extra, but to be fair I just kind of dived in so I've halved two of my workout times a week and the only difference is instead of training for an hour in the gym I do 30 minutes in the gym and then 30 minutes in the sauna so I kind of had to like build it up so 15 minutes in a few minutes out 20 minutes in a few minutes out so after each week slowly getting used to being able to get in there and stay in there for like 30 minutes so yeah that's kind of like my experience with it at the moment my approach and I feel absolutely mega what about you?
1: Uh, well, it was definitely a part of my training, and uh, at the moment I don't have access to a sauna regularly. But when I was swimming, I was training like twenty-five hours a week. Uh, yeah, pretty intense. <laughs> and uh, and what I loved about the sauna is that it just uh, it just helped me get like super intense recovery afterwards. So you know, if you if you get out of let's say if I got out of a two-hour swimming session. Uh, first thing I do is have a snack like so I'd be starving swimming's pretty intense for that and then if I had the chance to sit in a sauna for a little bit and get some cold showers uh, you know a few minutes in the sauna a couple minutes in the cold shower do that a few times you just come back the next day having slept super well mm. and you, you your recovery is just awesome mm. and people talk about well, in swimming, people talked a lot about um, ice baths, uh, but that never really did it for me. I I, I think maybe because I'd, I never carried a lot of fat, uh, and so I got really really cold in an ice bath. And, but in terms of like regular recovery, the ice bath never worked for me. The the sauna with a little bit of cold shower, I thought that was just epic. Mm. Um, how about you? What, what is the, what's the the main difference you found?
0: I think for me, especially if I'm, oh, I don't know, like if I've gone out for dinner, uh, the evening before, and say I've eaten something a little bit different to what I'd eat on my own, say if I was out with a girlfriend or friends, and I just wasn't oh, not feeling 100% in the mornings. If I could ever get into the gym in the mornings and I could h- hydrate, train, and then sweat and then shower and start my day. So I do that, say I do a sauna in the morning once a week and then I do a sauna on, on a Friday in the afternoon kind of finishing off the week. So I kind of feel, I feel like sometimes if I've if I've eaten or drank something that isn't in my normal routine and I'm not feeling 100%, I feel good to sweat. You know, people talk about, oh, sweating out and if you have a load of booze, you know, make sure that you rehydrate, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, generally I'm a heavy sweater on a train and, and I enjoy kind of yeah like leaking that out of me the day after i've eaten or or drank or or gone out and done something that i wouldn't usually do so my routine has kind of changed and then it kind of almost like resets me does that make sense yeah yeah. Yeah. cool uh
1: you said something that triggered my curiosity there uh (laughs) you said when you do things different so maybe like you go out for food or you go out for food with your girlfriend you said something like that or 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 drink so because I definitely notice very specific things if if I change my rituals, like my 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 food habits. So, what is it like? Is there particular things that you've noticed? Like, if you go out for food, is there some some
0: triggers that make you feel kind of crap the next day? Mm. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things. I think it's especially being a nutritionist and working with people on their diets and food and stuff. When you're not doing that, and you and you're kind of running your own diet and nutrition and all that kind of thing it's taken me a little while to kind of find a bit of a balance so i found now that because we love going out for dinner um together and and also i like kind of eating and exploring places in london i tend to yeah run run a certain way of eating yeah i don't know in, in other podcasts and things down the line we can talk about that more specifically but um yeah it's one of those things where i know i know if i eat or drink something that i wouldn't usually have i think during the meal i'm okay and then afterwards, sometimes on the way home, you know, some things might feel a little bit different, you know, stomach a little bit kind of squirrely or um, that that evening, not really necessarily affecting my sleep, but I'm kind of, yeah, I've got like, a I don't know, maybe a heightened sense of things because I've eaten a combination of foods that are, I don't know, higher in fat or like uh, just super rich. So you're kind of, I'm lying in bed, I'm an, I can sleep very easily, but I'm kind of Oh, I might be burping a little bit or I might be kind of um yeah, just generally I like to go to bed feeling full, but when you eat at restaurants you don't necessarily know, you know, what kind of oils they're using or, or that kind of thing as well. You're a bit like, oh, I'm full, but then there's something there's something else there, like i I'm just not quite settled stomach wise. So, um but it isn't always a bad thing. I wake up in the morning and sometimes I'm I'm fine, I feel great, and other times I'm like, oof. You know, the energy energy's gone a little bit, or, or um, you know, I'm 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 not hungry, and I might not eat till midday because I've I've really filled myself the night before, mm-hmm. something like that. So, um, but yeah, it's interesting, it's interesting. But then that's it's one of those things where you you kind of I'm definitely one of those guys who lives to eat mm-hmm. compared to people that eat to live. Yeah. But I think I don't know, maybe let's explore that because obviously you've gone from being a competitive athlete. To now start your own business, and how's that transitioned in terms of? Did you used to see food as fuel, and now do you see? Do you use food during work to fuel yourself, or do you use food as a bit of a of a nice kind of like way to 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 celebrate after a long week, or you know what's 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 the difference there? That'd be quite interesting thing to explore. Uh, all of it. Yeah, (laughs) food is literally all of that.
1: Uh, I mean. you, you got to remember that i i grew up in uh in the south of france like you know food is an integral part of everybody's life to an extent that i personally think without being offensive to any brits i th- i think <laughs> that most people in, in the uk don't understand how important food is for for french people <laughs> like it's it's uh it's huge like it's part of how you interact with friends and it's part of uh you know it's definitely such a big part of family life uh, you know you, you don't mess with your meals like it's it's, it's really just part of uh, part of what's so important in life so that that's my background and then when I was an athlete yeah it definitely took on like um, a, you know a whole a whole other level like I, I've always um, Love the food for for the those original meanings of you know um what it means to sit down with people and and exchange over a meal and uh especially cook for people i love cooking for people not just myself but of course when you're training like crazy 25 hours a week you know food takes on a whole other level uh so i had you know it took me like a couple of years when i started training as i'd say a full-time athlete it took me a couple of years to kind of set my routines um but once i had them like they were set in stone and i was not messing with them it was it was so like such a strong ritual Uh, my meals my snacks uh, my supplements everything was just super set in stone
0: i think there's actually something in that if i'll bite in a little bit with that because i find that when working with people you know you can you can really deep dive into what they're eating but actually i find that if you can get them eating regularly as in that doesn't necessarily mean three meals a day five meals a day something like that it's the actual time i find if they can get used to timing their meals that each day they're eating in a similar fashion that seems to make a massive difference Um, and obviously there's so many things involved in in manipulating body composition using food using training but I find that you know if you are a three meal a day guy or girl or if you like to fast in the morning and eat everything in the afternoon I think that works but it's it's being able to eat at certain times through a training cycle or through uh, you know a situation where you're, you're you're working and you're quite busy I find that 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 is often something that I bring people back to thinking about before we're like right let's really open up and 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 look at what's going in each meal. Let's actually think. Look, in the last five days, have you eaten at what time? You know, or are you someone who just picks something up at two o'clock, five o'clock, eleven p.m. Yeah. Or if even if that's the way you want to eat, maybe you do a two, five, and eleven p.m. for five days in a row and see how your body feels. Yeah,
1: I was like, I was. I've always been acutely aware of this stuff, uh, and I was so aware of it that even like the most subtle change in in my training like in the time of day uh like caused me first of all massive headaches and and in terms of planning my day because if things changed, i was like oh my god like i i gotta work i gotta rework on my meals like (laughs) (laughs) like when do i eat this and when do i eat that and uh, so for instance my 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 preferred schedule was um Morning swimming session, followed by a morning gym session, uh, followed uh, for most of the time as an athlete, I was a student, so followed by hopefully just a couple hours in class, nothing crazy, I could get my rest in, yeah. uh, and I'd have a big lunch, uh, and then I'd have another snack in the afternoon, like say around 3.30, uh, and that would be a couple hours before my evening session, and that was perfect, because I'd get to my evening session, and I'd be nicely fueled up. Uh, but not like I hadn't just eaten a meal it's be, been a couple hours since I'd eaten, last eaten mm-hmm. it was a perfect state but then once or twice a week that evening session was at 4 p.m and that completely messed me up because if I had lunch at 12 or twelve thirty, that wasn't enough fuel for me to do a 4 to 6 p.m swimming session but if I had a snack in between I was like all over the
0: place Wow, that's interesting. So it's so scripted, obviously, when you were an athlete and you set it up because you were so in tune with your body, which is which is interesting. So then I suppose if we flip to now and how you run your day with working in motion, we'll explore that as well. But uh, do, you, do you pick food up on the go, herring it around in southeast London on your bike mm-hmm. or do you still like to have that? That kind of set routine because obviously, if you know how your body feels and you want to perform well with your training and building your business, is that still part of it, or is or has everything gone out the window? No, it's it's a hundred percent part of it.
1: I mean, basically, uh, in that respect, nothing's really changed except for the fact that I don't need to eat as much. So I'm I'm quite lucky in the sense that my appetite regulates really like really closely to how much I exercise. So as soon as my exercise drops, uh, I'm just less hungry. So I'm not the kind of person who will put on a lot of fat very easily. In fact, I, I drop weight quite quite fast when I'm not training. Uh, but it is still very much scripted. And if, of course, there are times when I can't control it. Uh, I can't control what I'm eating or when I'm eating. And then that's, that's the worst situation if I can't control when I'm eating. But uh, I really start. I really try to to stay on top of it. So I will pretty much always take my lunch in with me. Um, there's no messing about. You know. The, so the the there's a couple elements there. First of all, um, I know what I, what I'm what my body responds well in terms in terms of food, what it responds well to. Uh, and the other element is if every single day you get to work and. When it's lunchtime, you have to make all these extra decisions, like uh, where am I going to get food? What am I going to have? Uh, I, I'm, I'm also acutely aware of decision fatigue. And like oh, just... the, the more I can limit those silly decisions that take a lot... that For somebody who's aware of, it, of their nutrition, that actually takes a lot of mental energy, the, the more I can reduce those things, the more I can focus on my actual work. And then, of course, the other thing is if I... I'm eating something that, my, that I'm not responding so well to my mood kind of drops and my focus drops and my energy levels drop. And the reason I was asking you about how you respond and if there's certain triggers that you've noticed is that mm-hmm. I have really noticed three things, uh, when I eat out. And, and I guess this is more, well, the, th- the, the three elements are, are more, um, you know, when i go out for for dinner because i won't have any alcohol at lunch ever <laughs> but uh yeah. but there's three elements there's alcohol sugar and salt mm. um those are three things that i don't normally have uh, very much of like in my in my regular diet and i think that if you go out for restaurants to, to eat out in restaurants you have a lot of a lot of sugar that you don't necessarily clock you don't realize it and definitely a lot of salt and i'm acutely aware of how my body responds because uh it it messes with my sleep for sure like i'll I'll wake up in the middle of the night or i'll wake up really early Mm. not refreshed at all and i'll wake up really thirsty Mm. like super super thirsty uh and if if there's been alcohol on top of that it's it's just it
0: all goes downhill (laughs) Mm. Mm. it's like that kind of inflammatory milieu isn't it but then I don't know in some situations it's one of the things where you run your day and your training and your week to to be very productive and to nourish your body and then sometimes you kind of want to go out because you have that you have that side of things where dinner and and going out with friends or, or loved ones and things is is like a nice thing to do. And I don't know, I've come i come more over to that side of things as well. But sometimes, you know, you do make these decisions and you do kind of like let things go and eat and drink and, and put in a ton of booze and then the next day you're like, Oh, what have I done? But I suppose it is one of those things where it's it's nice and I've been so keen to start this podcast series because it's January and everyone's had a bit of a reset, whatever you want to call it, and you know, most people now are gonna be head down from from Jan till March and, and really looking to to like find some consistency. And I think it depends, it depends on, it depends on, and I'll ask you about it, but for me, if I can, you know, once or twice, three times a month, if I go off plan, I go out for dinner, or say like last night was cinema, so it was kind of, oh, whatever, like tortilla chips and popcorn, all those kind of things, which I really love, because I'm a big texture guy, um, yeah, it's just today, today I feel okay, so it's like I got quite lucky, whereas um, you know, next week, that it might it might not be the same, but you know, today I knew I'd be coming here, and doing a podcast and relaxing so it wasn't too much of a problem but if I knew I had I don't know a ton of clients or, or, or like really important training sessions I would have probably made a different decision so it's kind of like yes that food environment is is massive setting up your week or your your routine but then also enjoying yourself and, and almost having an eye on when I when I do want to enjoy myself what am I doing the next day so that if, if something does go slightly wrong um, it doesn't impact other things but I don't know you and I maybe think about this more than other people and we also like get all geeky on talking about saunas and things as well. But yeah, it's it is interesting and it's nice because I find when I when I work with people, it's like not not just chucking them a, a, a meal plan or looking at the at the kind of new exciting fatty diet or food. It's almost like right, how how do you feel when you eat X and what's your food environment like? So that's really cool. But yeah, I think yeah, what we should move on to because we'll just like ramble a little bit as well. Is obviously your your food setup sounds sounds cool you've got a decent kind of like history of, of eating Family's quite deep rooted, but yeah, the other side of things supplementation mm. and obviously you, you kind of co-founded and run a company that, that, that makes supplements. So i would be keen on hearing about products and things. And you guys can obviously talk about, talk about it to the listeners as well. But I want to know what, what made you think about starting a supplements company? Cause it's massive these days.
1: It is massive, and probably the first uh, six to twelve months of um, from the from the initial concept to to, from from that point on, for the first six to twelve months, so many people were telling us, "Guys, you're crazy! Like, (laughs) why, why are you why are you launching another supplements brand like this? The world does not need another supplements brand. We have we have enough protein powders." But uh, as an athlete, I was at the complete opposite end of that. I, I was. I mean, you know, based on everything that we've just said, I was very much aware of the kind of food that I was putting into my diet. And when I started, so I moved to Scotland to to be a full well, to be an athlete and, and a student. Um, and you know, I, I knew how to cook, I knew how to cook great meals, but I never, I, at that point, I never considered supplements. I didn't think I need, I didn't think I needed them. But then, my training load pretty much doubled uh, overnight when I moved there, and I was like. Man, this is not enough fuel. Like I'm tired. Mm. I need more, and I can't cook any more meals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is just not enough time in the day. Like I have to go to class. I have to have yeah. energy to focus on on my studies, and I have to have all this time and energy for my training. And so there there is a limit to the amount of time you can you can spend on on your food, and that's where supplementation for me became. Um, not just interesting but like an essential part of my training mm. and and my performance a
0: necessity.
1: a necessity exactly um and pretty much from that point on, I spent ages looking for supplements and I tried so many different products uh that I could find I would spend entire afternoons looking for you know I was really big into recovery shakes because protein when you're coming out of the pool is not enough like you you need a you need a Uh, like, a load of carbohydrates as well. Mm. And I was also really into looking for things that would help me wake up in the morning because with the way that the swimming program tends to be structured in most places is you have really early morning swimming sessions. Like, I was hitting the pool sometimes at 5.30 a.m. And, you know, no matter how early you get to bed, hitting the the pool at 5.30 a.m. is tough. Like, because I remember what... (laughs) The, the most painful thing for me as an athlete was setting my alarm for, for something like before 5 a.m. when it was like 0, 04 50, 0, 4, That hurt, like mentally, it was tough.
0: Mm. And I know for some people that sounds like, seem nuts, but to be fair, I, I do work with quite a few people now, especially in the endurance side of things that are working full time and are cracking like morning sessions. And yeah, sometimes getting to bed. Is is a priority, but then again, in London or with wherever you are with work or social, sometimes it's just you know things creep on a little later, or you get to bed earlier, and then like you said, especially this time of year when we wake up and it's still dark, so our kind of our kind of bodies are like, what are you doing? You know, it's still dark. You're about to go and do a training session, and then obviously a lot of people are reaching for caffeine at that time, which is something we can talk about as well. it is interesting because yeah, people that get up maybe seven o'clock onwards, eight o'clock are people that are very lucky. Whoever's getting up at eight, <laughs> fucking jokers. People like me with flexible work schedules, it's 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 a whole different ball, ball game, isn't it? So, so yeah, I suppose. What did you, what did you, what did you start to try mm-hmm. back then, and what are you doing now with motion? Uh- the, t- the
1: toughest part when you're swimming is that you would get up and it was nighttime, and you'd get out of the pool and it was still dark in Scotland. Oh. <laughs> that is tough. Nice. That is tough. So, the caffeine in the morning was really important. And uh, what I found helpful with the supplement is that I was getting up as late as possible to hit the pool at 5 30 a.m but I needed to be as awake as possible at 5.30 a.m. So if you're not having some kind of caffeine source, you know, you're going to, well, I would have struggled. And, you know, at that time of the morning, you're not messing around with a filter coffee, like, (laughs) or a French press, you know, (laughs) you're not doing that. So um, I spent a lot of time looking for pre-workout supplements, and it was tough to find things that kind of, like matched my criteria of of quality that the food that i was eating uh i was like i can have all this great food but why are these supplements so shitty like why are they sweetened with sucralose why are they flavored with all these artificial flavorings why are, are they named after uh war uh warfare things um why are they just why do they look like they're translucent or or or, sorry not translucent but why do they look like they're fluorescent is what i'm looking for um these things are clearly not good
0: for my health yeah that's one of those interesting things it's like exploring supplements especially with people i work with and and looking at things in terms of research as well it's that like bottom up approach so you've got daily diet and lifestyle you've got your kind of types of foods all that kind of jazz nutrient timing which is a bit more kind of performance nutrition geeky type thing you know we've all started to learn a little bit about intermittent fasting carbohydrate loading low carbohydrate diets and then supplements kind of come at the top of that pyramid but then the interesting thing is for you it was almost like the amount of training you were doing and and at that time it you had to jump straight to the top because obviously you needed it to to support you because you couldn't create and deliver that amount of real food and it's interesting because you 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 you're so aware of what you're putting in your body which is which is good and I think more people are trying to do that with food but then I see people that are you know having silly debates on organic this non organic that i'm going to go and have this i'm going to go and eat that i'm going to take out meat i'm going to blah 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 and then they're kind of taking a protein supplement from i don't know a brand that they can't you know they don't even know what's in it or they they haven't even looked at uh, when it was made or or you know they're just pulling out recommendations from friends or just like jumping into a powder that that they've that they've been handed at the at the end of the tube and and not really read it and just necked it so i think people are kind of waking up to the fact that the food first approach is, is you know obviously great but i still don't think people are there in terms of intake of quality supplements if that makes sense so i think it's it's getting there but then it's nice to have companies like you that are actually exploring can we make protein powders that don't have those things in them like you're talking about can we you know make pre workouts that aren't just caffeine you know, based or like taurine based or, you know, basically the stuff that people put in Red Bull, um, which, you know, there's situations that are good for that. But it's one of those things where that I think is n- that with mobile lab testing and people looking at, you know, how how the levels of X, Y and Z in their blood can be changed by supplements as as, as lab testing becomes more popular, people are going to maybe be using supplements because it's it's a kind of I don't know maybe cheaper more convenient faster way of topping up certain levels, um, I think yeah yeah it's 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 a it's a, it's a growing area, and and why not try and put in quality in your body, that that are from supplements as well as foods. Whereas at the moment people are doing food, and then still cracking random supplements.
1: The way I see it is it's basically like uh, if you if you were considering different sources of carbohydrates in your in your food and you know most people now know that things like you know sliced white bread are is not the best source of carbohydrates like you're you're literally just eating empty calories is is how i regard that and i think that supplements are basically the same thing like you can you can have things that deliver the macros like you can have things that are like you know 90 percent protein like Per, per, per gram and uh, and you can have lots of carbohydrates as a maltodextrin source but that's kind of shitty like that's that's just empty calories like you're not getting so much in terms of micronutrients you're not getting you, you know you're not considering um, how your body's reacting to that uh, what the blood sugar response is uh, so I'm a lot more interested in anything that we do delivering the macronutrients that you're looking for but also making sure that everything is actually, has actually got so much more depth of nutrition into it. So if you're looking for a pre-workout, for example, why are we delivering artificial caffeine in a, in a pre-workout? That's It's just a bit... It's, it's lazy. It's a shortcut. It's super lazy. It's, and of course, caffeine is going to wake you up. And there's this whole fuss at the moment about... Um, whether uh, energy drinks should be banned for under 16-year-olds, I, I I think energy drinks should be banned for everyone. Like that, <laughs> yeah, exactly, Jamie Oliver. I think those products suck. So. You know, why would you have uh, 200 milligrams of caffeine in a pre-workout and nothing else when you could have uh, something as, as rich and nutritious as matcha green tea mixed with beetroot powder? You know, beetroot is going to give you nitric oxide, so you're going to have more blood flow, more oxygen to the brain and muscles. You can use things like guarana, ginseng, uh, maca. These are like amazingly rich ingredients. And so you can have that functional purpose of this is waking me up. It's helping me with my mood. Um, it's made me happy to go, but you're getting so much more for your long-term health. That's a lot more interesting to me.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's one of those things where caffeine these days from you know like a geeky sports nutritional point of view is well researched it shows that you know you're going to increase endurance you're going to reduce kind of uh, perception of, of of pain fatigue which is key but then it's that it's that kind of uh, difference between looking at what the studies say and then actually then implementing it in real life and like you said you know a a bit of caffeine chewing gum a pro plus here and there if you're really you know strapped and 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 you want that benefit on on i don't know competition day for example it's it's it's, in an isolated situation it's it, it could be okay but then you know for regular people that are just wanting to train and then continue to to choose you know healthy supplements to help them with their food first approach yeah I think it's I think it's important because they're going to be some people are going to be taking these day in day out and like it was really interesting um been working with with a different range of clients and you know obviously no no names and things like that but you know there's someone who's who's basically looking to kind of reheal their digestive system um for a certain amount of things that, that's happened in the last few months and and she she leans on protein supplements because she can't actually eat real food that, that that's higher in protein at the moment because her body can't digest it. So she's someone who has to have, or together we've agreed, because we want her to reach a certain grams per kilo of body weight of protein a day to support health, muscular function. She's now exercising more. And, and a protein supplement for her is essential, and it's something she's using daily. So she's putting that in every day, and we're just getting it from... I don't, I don't know, like my protein or whatever, you know, there's no, no need to kind of bad mouth brands, but if they're putting other things in it and she's consuming that as well, surely we try and get a product that, that, that has more nutrition in it, not just the protein to then to benefit that time every, every time she drinks it.
1: Yeah. And that's the other thing about supplements. Uh, I was coming from, the elite side of sports. So I was actually quite isolated in terms of even considering my long-term health. Like most people in elite sports, don't give a shit about long-term health. Like they want incremental gains, like marginal gains. Like make me, make me quicker, stronger, faster tomorrow. And like <laughs> yeah. if that means I'm ill in ten years, like who gives a shit? If I'm gonna win the medal, like in the meantime, like I don't care. Um, so from that point, you filter down to everybody else, like amateur sports, and then. You know, just people who want to take supplements to be healthier. And when you when you get to that level, you're sort of like, well, these products should definitely not have maltodextrin as as the carb base. These products should definitely not have all these sweeteners, because these people are looking to improve their health. And ingredients that I mean, particularly sucralose. I'm amazed that so many supplements companies still use sucralose as their as their basic sweetener.
0: So what do you, what
1: do you advise having instead of that, or what what do you guys use? Well, sweeteners is a funny thing because all of our, I mean, all of our powder products, for example, are, are organic. So because they're organic and made in the EU, we're not allowed to use any sweeteners. Like even something like stevia, which is considered natural, uh, natural extract, that's actually still a novel food uh, in the EU. So anytime you see a, a product that's it's got organic written on it and it has stevia. It's imported either from the US or Canada or somewhere like that. Uh, and most people don't know that, but yes, stevia is not authorized in an organic product made in the EU. Uh, and the reason for that is because it's considered a novel food, uh, which means it's been introduced into regular consumption, I think, after 1997. And so there's no, in, there's this a certain amount of uh, question mark around long term impact. Um, Stevia is probably probably the the lesser of evils, but what I'm what I'm concerned about if with people that are using a lot of sweeteners, no matter what they are, if you're using a lot of zero calorie sweeteners, it's going to kind of taint your palate, even if it is something as natural as stevia. And by the way, stevia is uh, an extremely refined um extract of a plant. So you gotta remember you're not exactly eating a leaf here. You know, <laughs> it's pictured as a stevia leaf, but it's like super refined. And what I like to do to kinda show people how crazy it is is like you go into a Starbucks and take one of those little sachets of stevia and just put a few grains in your in your mouth. And you're like, Whoa, that is sweet. Yeah. That is not natural. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that is causing all kinds of crazy chemical reactions inside my body and I'm not sure what's going on. But the biggest impact, I think, that something like that, aside from, you know, sucralose will have an impact on your blood sugar levels. It can have a detrimental impact to your your gut. Aside from all those, like, immediate impacts, I think the issue that I have with sweeteners is that you will lose flavor of so many other foods. So, you know, I I think a red pepper is, like, the sweetest thing. Like, if you crunch into a raw red pepper, there's so much sweetness in there. But if every time you make a smoothie, if every time you have a shake, if every time you have yogurt, if every time you have a chocolate bar, if any time you have popcorn or any, literally anything, if if it's like super sweetened, either with sugar or with sweeteners, you're losing the appetite and your ability to taste real raw food. And I think that's really bad.
0: Yeah, I man, I've definitely experienced that because, you know, coming out of, Oh, pl- like playing a ton of rugby and eating literally fucking like everything. And, and, and then starting to, to to train as a nutritionist and read about food and cook more and experiment things in my diet and taking out more processed sugars and eating more whole fruits and vegetables like you're saying there. And actually starting to taste how sweet s- some of those things are and how nice they are or like natural, you know, in terms of, I don't know, like you eat berries and you're like, man, these taste great. Because I haven't been smashing down... Whatever I was before that was super super man-made and sugary that is yeah that's that's interesting because now all these all these supplements are convenient and a lot more people are using them regular people because they're hearing all the noise like you know online and, and and around that that's an interesting point because they are having things with yogurt they are making more smoothies they are putting it into baking and then it can become again almost like a daily consumption. And 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 then if if they are full of some of the ingredients that are, that are, yeah you know hyper palatable, then people kind of just like you said they lose touch with being able to taste other flavors in other other types of real foods, and then they're always seeking that like oh man I really I really have to enjoy this pack of X or I'm really gonna cheat on X because I really wanna I wanna wanna want that that enhanced flavor. So, yeah, yes, that is interesting because if they're putting in these supplements to to some of their snacks or cakes or or things that they're making and they are eating them every day or even on, say, like you said, uh, granola or muesli or things like that, it's, they're, they're not going to taste the, the other real foods around it because it's just going to be absolutely blunted. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think that
1: as supplements become more and more mainstream and you have, oh, I mean, for, you were talking about my protein. My protein has released a milkshake, like a high protein milkshake powder for kids, like for three, three year olds three year olds plus. Seriously, it's like branded like for kids. It is. This is like a kid's protein powder. Uh, And, you know, they sell it as something super for them because it's got all the added vitamins, minerals, you know, calcium, whatever. But it's sweetened with sucralose. And I'm like, how is this even legal? Like, how how are they allowed to do this? So, (laughs) because we know, like, it's proven that this has a detrimental impact on your body immediately. But then on top of that, like, imagine if you're a three-year-old plus, like, going through, like, early childhood your palate's going to be fucked. Like, there's no way, if you're having sucralose every day, mm. there's no way you're you're going to be able to, like, I mean, it's sad. It is really sad. Like, you're going to have a real hard time mm. developing into an adult that has a healthy relationship with real food.
0: Mm. Yeah, and like eating is a learned behavior and it's one of those things where it's interesting to discuss about how you know, we can talk about grams of protein X and caffeine supplement, Y, but when people are actually consuming some of these products, how it is, yeah, then affecting their ability to taste other flavours in other foods, that's, that's interesting, I don't think it's something that people necessarily address, because it was like, right, I need to then get this supplement because it says it does this for my health, but then if they go and pick it up and and, it, and it's a, a taste that they're not used to, one do they start to get interested in it, and then they go for more or two? Does it then change their perception of other types of foods and negatively affect them eating some of the real foods that they enjoyed before because they enjoyed for the flavor and for the taste? And then boom, they're banging in this this like fucking my protein. Breakfast type thing and uh, shake, and uh, now now they can't now they can't enjoy whatever they've got for lunch because it just doesn't taste the same because it's completely whacked their 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 taste buds. So yeah, that's yeah that's interesting.
1: I'm just gonna give you a, a quick example on this mm-hmm. because it was really recent.
0: So since launching Motion Nutrition
1: uh, just over two years ago now, we've probably only had two maybe three. Like unhappy customers that came back uh, from an online sale that came back to us saying like this product is not what was what I what I thought it was going to be. And recently, uh, this guy who bought some products from us back in November, so it's been a couple months. Uh, he emailed us saying that our products didn't taste like what they were meant to taste like, <laughs> and in particular, he was talking about our. Uh, vegan peanut protein yeah. and he was saying how can you say this tastes like this tastes of peanut and i'm like dude this product is 50 percent peanut like there is nothing more peanut than that like <laughs> and and the thing is he actually name dropped all these other brands and said these brands like i've tried all these other brands and they, they like yours yours is like the worst for flavor and i'm like okay like all these other brands they also have peanut peanut protein powders with a flavoring like with something that is not real and we're giving you the real food like as a you know in a f- supplement form like you're getting the real deal but that's what happens if you if you mess with your palate for so long uh it becomes really tricky to understand like what it is you're eating uh and for us doing organic supplements um the hardest person to con- to convert to our products is the guy that's you know maybe our age, like maybe like around about thirty, maybe in his thirties, mm-hmm. um, and the kind of person, the kind of bloke that is like uh, kind of the youngest generation of people that have been using supplements for a long time. So you know when they were when they were like in their late teens, that's when supplements really started hitting big time. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were coming. The supplements were coming from the bodybuilding world, uh, and they be, they were becoming mainstream in sort of our our sort of m- m- sort of manly world of late teens, early twenties, and so you you got guys now that have been using these products for maybe twelve, fifteen years, and they're reaching a stage where they're sort of starting to wonder about, you know, their their health and maybe they're sort of starting to question like. Why am I taking what what's this protein powder doing to me? I've been using it like every day for the last fifteen years. Yeah. But but that's <laughs> it's not exactly me. That's <laughs> it's me. Intense, <laughs> it's intense. It's <laughs> intense. Yeah. But those people are really tough to say to like to to really like explain, yeah, like our products are gonna taste very different. Like they they, they do not have the sweeteners. Like the only sweetener we use is is unrefined coconut sugar, and you're talking like less than three percent. So mm. the sweetness is very, very uh, low. Um, but the interesting thing with those people is that if we do manage to convert them, and they buy a bag of protein powder from us, and you know our, our bags are smaller than what they used to. Like they used to buying like two, three, five kilo tubs, it's and we, like and we, yeah, and 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 we sell we sell in like sixteen serving bags all of our products. Yeah. Uh but what's really, really cool, and the the feedback that makes me probably the the happiest <laughs> since launching the brand or one of the best things that we hear is, man, I used your products for your product for a month, and then I ran out, and then I needed a shake because these guys don't go one day without a protein shake, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they're yeah. like, well, I, you know I went back to my you know, and it's like you name it u s n my protein uh PhD, like whatever it might be. I went back to what i what I used to have and I opened the tub and I was like no like that doesn't s- that doesn't smell natural yeah uh, and they don't even need to taste it again like they know because yeah. because if you've if you've gone away from all those sweeteners and flavorings and by the way these can be like in word of commas natural flavorings like that's a very loose term yeah. uh, if you've gone away from all those things and just focused on real food for the last month and then you open one of the, your old tubs of protein and you're like shit this is not strawberry cheesecake. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's one of those things where like you said it's that it's that food environment and that's and that if you've had a change in your food environment and let's just I don't know, let's put supplements in that. That's you know, that kind of definition of your a food environment. Yeah, when people do change that that is interesting to see how they're they're a bit like, What the hell am I drinking here now? Because I've had something different before. But yeah, I suppose addressing that that little bit of of, of, of drinking protein shakes and taking in protein shakes. I've definitely gone through that experience of, okay, eighteen, nineteen, going to university, playing rugby, Wanting to put on size because out of the environment, and then being like, right, I'm 90 kilos, and I've been told that I, you know, or, or through I was studying sports science at the time, they're like, right, two grams per kilo body weight a day of protein, and I just got obsessed with that. And like you said, you're on a student budget, and you think, all oh, right, I can buy these two, three kilo tubs that provide me with 40 grams of protein plus carbohydrates plus creatine all that, and I was just throwing that into me. But at the time, I was, I was, you know running into other people and trying to stop you know guys that were just lifting for a living that were going to like oh, put them in Loughborough uni or, or, or whatever and they were just absolute mute so then maybe you know for then at that at that time it worked I was robust I was holding a ton of water I was holding more muscle than I ever have and and I was throwing it into me but yeah I wasn't thinking about health I was like I need to be a certain size whereas now I do you know I still tend to do some strength training because I enjoy it. I, I like to run, but then also, you know, if I'm sitting for most of the day speaking to people about food and and delivering consultations, I don't necessarily need two grams per kilo anymore. So I might use, and I've been, you know, if I'm honest, I've been trying your peanut protein, and I'm and, and I might put it in with a smoothie on the go for me, and that might be breakfast. Whereas before it used to be omelet and a protein shake and oats because I was training morning, mid morning. Afternoons like run-throughs or whatever, so it and it was more of a demand on me, and it was just a quick fix. It was easy, whereas now, yeah, the the, the protein powders are almost there because they're in addition to something that might be low in protein if I want a meal on the go. Um And yeah, like you said, I'm not I'm not opening your your kind of tubs and and uh, so your packets and and smelling and tasting the same flavors as like a absolute full-on sugary you know peanut butter. And I don't think I should. Because it's one of those things where I'm just adding it to something, and 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 now I'm 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 settling around maybe 1.2 grams per kilo of body weight. So actually, that that 20 gram serving that I'm getting from 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 your product is is better from where I'm at at the moment. So whereas if I want to put on more size, is it do I do I then eat more and then add in more supplements or I don't know. It's whatever works for me. But I think that that point about you thinking about long-term health and if you're someone who have gone through the last 10 years of using supplements to enhance your training adaptation but now you're a lot busier with other things and you're not training as much but you still want to use a protein supplement and you don't need as much of it you th- need to think about what what else is in it now that, that's key
1: i think see see, for me uh all of our products that are in like a powder format or anything that y- basically in a food format i actually consider food products like i i don't i don't actually v- view any of our things like any of our protein powders or pre-workouts i don't i don't actually view them as like that sort of box of supplements okay. uh, i consider them just food products and it, it but what they are is like the real meaning of supplements so literally topping up your diet with specific things that's how i view it and, and the weirdest thing is that a lot of people now are super aware of their food because i think because it's just such a hot topic now you know a couple years ago it was gluten-free and then uh then it was paleo and now vegan is uh, you know for all all kinds of different reasons and in a much much stronger yeah (laughs) you know it's it's uh, it's huge but for all those different reasons people are now tend to be at least a lot more aware of their food um and people like us that you know that have gone through like rugby like that like you for example uh, now i think are a lot more aware of, of their regular food and will pay more attention to that but it's funny there's still that mindset when something comes under the the label of supplements that you don't really question it because it's there to give you for example the protein but for me it's all this It all comes down to the same thing it's all food like it is these are all food products
0: so yeah so i suppose we, like, we've been cracking a chat for like 45 minutes and and i think if we just finish with a bit more direction on i don't know your 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 thought process of when you started the company obviously we've gone through your background stuff like that but now um the products that you wanted to make and then and then why so it'd be cool to hear about your perspective on why you wanted to make a protein powder, or, or your perspective on, um, you know, why you use a, a, a pre-workout? But then actually, yeah, just maybe we, we we finish with leaving people with a few tips to to have a look at uh, if if it's a broad stroke and being like, right, I wanna I wanna kind of use supplements, or I've seen the hype and I'm I'm more active now because it's the new year. What 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 you think of of I don't know, giving people a bit of recommendations on? Oh, here's something to try. Or, I don't know, go through something new in your range that you're interested in. Or, yeah, just give people a bit of a, in my perspective, this is what we make and, and why. So, I don't know, it just allows people to have a few tips on the, on the way out. Yep. Uh, Well, we wanted to, to do a whole range of sports
1: supplements, but they were certified organic using real food ingredients so that we are delivering the function of, of a sports supplement, but helping with your long-term health as well. That That's the goal. Uh, and so that was the goal and then to we, we t- sort of took the approach that to be taken seriously off the bat we needed to do that whole range so and these are basically the products that I that I wanted to use myself as an athlete so that was that's the coolest thing about running your own company you can do whatever the hell you want to do so so we have uh pre-workout energizer which is probably the product that I use the most out of our range uh, and it's you know, it's, it's called a pre-workout, but anybody that wants, that needs more energy, particularly in the morning, and, you know, if you, if you are the kind of person that doesn't go for a morning workout or doesn't cycle to work and you get to work and you're, like, super moody and it takes you an hour to be able to actually talk anyone, talk to anyone, mm-hmm. this is the kind of thing that can actually allow you to get somewhere in a good mood and ready to, to get on with things. So I love that. Uh, we have a mid-workout hydration product, which is more specifically designed for endurance kind of workouts like anybody who's into trail running triathlon ironman training where what's interesting with that is that we use cordyceps extract so it it really boosts your mental sharpness and focus and endurance so you know if you've been running for an hour or you've been playing tennis for an hour and you your brain just kind of starts to like lose focus and you're like oh man like what am am i doing the cordyceps Mm -hmm. is really powerful for that so that's really cool and we have the recovery shakes which is probably the the one product that i wish i had had when i was swimming the most because all recovery shakes conventionally are maltodextrin and protein and that's it you got those macros ticked and that's all they care about uh and by the way there are a lot of ex-athletes with type 2 diabetes um who have been the kind of sports that have been relying a lot on recovery shakes like rowing uh probably rugby uh really intense workouts and you you use a lot of these things and you get a lot of maltodextrin with a lot of sucralose and i think that combination is awful long term term, exactly um so that's really cool uh and i would use that if i again it's kind of the same thing as with the endurance sports so if you've been doing like a really tough workout for a couple hours or more and protein isn't just isn't going to cut it or if you've done a workout and your next meal isn't for a couple of hours, you probably want a little bit of carbohydrates there as well. So it can be really handy to have then.
0: Yeah, if I just jump in for that, it's one of those things where on days when you are, you know, take the whole car analogy, if you're driving the car as and you're stepping a lot of work, you've got a training session in the morning or evening and you're, you're just generally super active that day, then, you know, putting in things like that, adding in more energy from carbohydrate sources is useful. But if you just sat all day... And then, you, and, and, you know, you've, you've maybe done oh, like, a, like a little bit of a lifting session or something that's not crazy demanding. You're not going to want to pile in that energy. So it's one of those things where in this most simplest of sense it's getting people to understand that, you know, sometimes putting in carbohydrates and fueling the tank is awesome. And having having something that's that's a two in one or something that on that's on the go to help you with recovery is is the way forward. But then on other days, like you said, if you need something that's just going to boost mood or or you know you're, you're grabbing something that's protein based because you haven't necessarily had much protein your other meals, then it's awesome. And then you're not you know on those days you're not driving the car, so you're not putting in as much energy. And it's oh, it's like it's basic things like that, but. Yeah, I suppose that the mood and, the, and and the energy thing is is huge at the moment. And it's one of those things where people are going to start to play around with different, you know, different combinations of things, especially if they've got, you know, let's say our daily diet and lifestyle. You've got it nailed for you individually. You've got your hydration and things nailed. You know how much protein you're eating. You're playing around with good fats. You might have even fucking pushed the boat out and. Gone and had a blood test from your GP, and everything's looking okay, or it's like within range. You know, your blood sugar is is manageable and stuff like that. So, what to finish? I suppose. What are you excited about that you might be creating or that you've seen in the space of, you know, nootropic, adaptogen type kind of uh, thing? Because I think those those are going to be the next things that that are going to become on people's radar. Obviously, for us geeky people like us, we love to learn and read about these things. But now people are understanding more regular people about. About caffeine, about protein, about carbohydrates. So, what's that next level up? That that's something that's really cool, like that whole cordyceps thing, mushrooms. You know, it could be something that's very new. People might be thinking, "What do you mean, mushrooms? Are we putting in like these these magic mushroom like dodgy types?" So we are you like melting my brain? I want to go. I want to go in and do burpees. So maybe yeah, maybe we just we just finish with that. And and like, what are you looking forward to, or what's the new emerging area in supplements that? going to become mainstream that you think will be you know someone that goes to work does a little bit of training it's maybe a part-time trail runner triathlete rugby player like what do you think would be cool for them
1: yeah i am psyched about nootropics i'm psyched about uh enhancing brain performance enhancing mood, uh, enhancing focus and then at the end of the day uh letting people chill out you know it's We're so connected to our iPhones, our laptops, our computers, our screens all the time. Uh, And you can do some really cool things with uh, natural ingredients to help you either up your focus in the morning or chill out in the evening. And I am really excited about that. And uh, yeah, we've got something coming up real soon in that area. And I I honestly cannot wait. I think it's going to be awesome. And the reason I'm so excited is that you know, these are great for people who do, who do sports, but anybody can benefit from high quality nootropic products. You know, if, uh, whether you want to, you know, you, you work in the city and, y- and you want, you, you need that competitive advantage that you need to be just, just like super in the zone, like all day long, it can help with that. Uh, if you're an artist and you need to be super creative, uh, certain, certain things can help you just, uh, just again be more focused uh, or be more relaxed if that's what you need uh and you know for people like us that live in in London if you can have something that just helps you you know in combination with switching your phone off maybe at 9 p.m. or something like that when really you, you shouldn't be looking at your emails anymore if if i think a lot of people could do with a little a little help to just just chill out and just just get some real good recovery mm.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where if some people listening to this with their, with their like you know propeller hats on are like, well, these things I haven't got any research in them, and you know we don't know what this will do on the body and stuff like this. But I think if you have that mentality with food first and then food based, you know, you didn't use the word supplements, but you use the word food based products. Then I think trial and error is the best way to do things. Yeah. Just uh, One
1: thing can I say? Okay. Yeah thing about the you know when we're talking about mushrooms for example like cordyceps we use that in the hydration <laughs> we, <laughs> we we talk about uh in our recovery shake we actually use maitake mushroom extract which is a really strong immune system booster and I'm very we <laughs> we, <laughs> we uh you know these are in the western world these are new uh new ingredients new 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 products that nobody really knows so much about and you might think. You know, is this another case of novel food? Like, is this, is this like a stevia situation where this is really like newly introduced to, to human consumption? But I'm like, hang on, hang on a minute, guys. Like, these things have been used for thousands of years in Chinese medicine. Uh, and we're in the West, we're quite quick to discard that kind of stuff. But, you know, for, and sometimes for, for legitimate reasons. But these are these are not exactly things that uh, have just popped up popped out of, out of a lab. You know, th- these have been used in human consumption for a long, long time.
0: Yeah, and is that is that kind of concept of from bottom up and and people that are listening to this, if if if, if this is something you're interested in doing, then have you have you got your daily diet and lifestyle, hydration, sleep you know food first approach nailed and if you do and you're changing your training stimulus or you're upping your training or like you know you really want to boost your immunity and and you're looking for that next step then that's maybe where it's applicable but then also like i said if people want something that is convenient that they can take with them and they want to experiment with too it's, it's 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 educating yourself speaking to professionals reading some of these you know more um in-depth blogs or or reading going to say your site for example because you guys are very much into right what are we using how we manufacturing let's let's write about that let's let's learn about that it's 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 that combination of educating yourself and then also diving in and trying things and you know I'd, i'd much prefer to give a product like yours a go if it has something in it that is food-based that uh, you know, I might not have tried before rather than maybe going into some, like, you know, Explode product where I'm just like, right, I'm going to melt my brain and do some lifting because, okay, I might rip a deadlift up, uh, like, on, on, a, on a Monday, but then where the hell am I in two Mondays' time? I'm just, like, absolutely broken. Or I might not be. It might work well for me. Yeah. So, and I know some people that, that, that take these kind of pre-workouts or drink a ton of coffee and smoke a ton of cigarettes and they're absolutely fine. So, it's... Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's so it's it's one of those things where I think I think you, you can explore and and supplements or food based products like you guys do. Um, they are more accessible, so I think people should give them a go as well because you you know they they've got a long shelf life. Um, there's different flavors and things, and like you said, if you if you're more used to a carbohydrate based breakfast or a smoothie or something like that on the go, or you want something that's going to help boost your energy, and you can just open a drawer and it's there. I know that sounds a bit ominous and it could be something else, but, you know, it's one of those things where we've got these options now. So, so like, look at it, use it. Um, um Yeah, but it's it, it is an exciting area. I'm super excited. It's one of the things that uh, for me as a nutritionist, you look at what works and what other experienced practitioners use and do and, and, and you know, the whole caffeine, carbohydrate, protein thing. Is is it is getting there? You know the kind of low carbohydrate diets for train low, compete high. There's still no quite, uh, still no protocol in in place for that. And then I don't see why the regular person doesn't take some of this information as well and look at right. Actually, if this is how I'm going to fuel my body, how, how also am I going to work on my my energy? And if it's not always coming from coffee, what's the next thing? So that that's definitely like super exciting. But uh, yeah, I suppose we'll finish with. Well, just let everyone know where, where they can find your stuff. Um, like I, you know, personally, I love reading what you guys, what you guys do on on the blog and things like that. The most recent one I read is, was was on the venison and uh, the cauliflower, which we love. Me and my housemate Joe were talking about, were talking about that and 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 like vegetables and. And, and roasting up that veggie in particular because it's just yeah, it's just really easy to do and it's and it's tasty but I'm one of those guys who always have these thoughts in my head and I'm like I should write this stuff down but you guys actually do it you've got great pictures and, and, and it's easy to read whereas I'm always like if I'm going to go to a blog or, or there's so much out there what do I read every month and yours is actually something I do read so I definitely recommend people people check that out and i suppose um you do like a a monthly theme don't you so october feel yourself let's let's eat uh seasonally is that you know what 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 have you got planned for for content this year
1: uh yeah so we were working through a monthly seasonal kind of food tips i think we started in september so we'll be going all the way around and then We'll see. We might make some improvements for the second year. But the idea is just to um, remind people that to get the, the most out of your food, just try and eat fresh, locally sourced food. Because if you're doing that, it's going to be in season. It's going to be maximum nutritional profile. Uh, if you if you can choose organic, uh, you're going to have up to 60% more micronutrients um, in the produce uh, just by the, by the different farming methods. Um, but already if you're eating local and fresh, you're, you're getting rid of so many processes that are, you know, you're not importing from Spain or from South America or anything crazy like that. So we're just kind of giving, you know, some hopefully helpful handy tips that people can apply rather than doing any kind of airy fairy spam bullshit. Um, but yeah, you can check us out on motionnutrition.com, uh, follow us at motionnutrition on Twitter, fa- uh, Facebook, Instagram, and
0: you can also say hi to me at Joe Wellstead mate good man and this is this is episode one of what we're doing so i still need to kind of figure out where we're going to post this and hopefully you guys are listening to this maybe through my website or if i've got my shit together it'll be on itunes but anyway definitely share it yeah check out joe's joe's company and uh, contact him he's, he's he's always doing you know doing similar things to me cooking drinking coffee and um if anyone wants to know anything more about you know the sauna or, or or understanding info about suit or things like that, you know, like Joe's definitely the guy to check out and, and yeah, drop me a line. So, now nah, I had a lot of fun, man. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to doing more. So, yeah, we'll speak to you guys later. Nice.